board riding, the biggest thing to hit Australian beaches since surfing was introduced. Along the coast, there were at least 50,000 boards. Surfies travel miles to find the best surf, going on safari, they call it. They have woodies, that is, cars of all sizes and ages, though the small modern ones are most popular. 40 years ago, the cars were different, and so were the swimsuits. And if you went to the beach, you couldn't appear in a costume until you were actually on the sand. Hey guys, welcome back to Napalm Nanny in the Shack. I am your host, the one, the only Napalm Nanny. And the very nature of politics is much like music, both rooted in conflict and harmony. And the relationship between the two has existed for centuries, whether harmoniously or in protest. And most notably, majority of the 1960s saw America at war. So the music world was the symbolic centerpiece of an anti-establishment movement. And the tumult of the 60s was a direct result of a generation born from the returning soldiers of the Second World War, among various other political reasons. And a pioneer in protest songs would be Woody Guthrie. And this Oklahoma-born singer-songwriter perfectly captured the message of fighting to keep America free. He saw the importance of music to rally his fellow Americans and even scrawled the words, this machine destroys fascists on his guitar. But it should also be noted that before Guthrie, there was Billie Holiday sneaking her own commentary with the song Strange Fruit, which is a stark comparison to mostly patriotic music up to the early 50s. But Bob Dylan arguably put it best, the times, they are a changin'. 
However, after an entire decade of railing against the military-industrial complex and unjust wars abroad, a sense of disillusionment came over the country. So John Lennon's Give Peace a Chance became the anthem at the end of a difficult era. But it isn't always so obvious. A subtle shift in music trends in the early 60s was due to the assassination of JFK, along with a heartbreaking assassination of MLK, which led to a wave of melancholy throughout the states. And what remedied America's blues was the British invasion. Bands like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones gave a distraction to the masses. But the downside to this wave of foreign culture was the decline of surf music groups, vocal girl groups, and teen idols of the 50s. And with that out of the way, Here's this week's playlist. Enjoy!
And America wasn't the only country to see a shift in pop culture, both dramatically and subtly. The Soviet Union saw a shift from their pioneering filmmaking to a complete halt in creating art. And Vladimir Lenin himself saw the importance of art and even stated, of all the arts, for us, the cinema is the most important, as he believed that film in particular had the power to reach the masses and operate as art and propaganda. But Joseph Stalin was the reason why the scales tipped dramatically in favor of propaganda, so he enforced a new cultural policy on all arts produced in the Soviet Union. It was called socialist realism, and it dictated that literature, music, theater, sculpture art, film, and more had to present communism and ideals of a communist society in a favorable light. And besides limiting policies, World War II would further hamper the arts. But after Stalin's death, Nikita Khrushchev would become the successor, and he would kick off the Khrushchev Thaw, where hundreds of thousands of prisoners were released from gulags, political repression subsided, and censorship was relaxed. And going beyond relaxing censorship, he wanted ordinary citizens to feel more free and happy in their daily lives. So he decided to revive movie theaters. So the USSR had to increase the number of films playing in theaters, so this required importing foreign films, and they saw an ally who could help keep millions of Soviets entertained without offending their political sensibilities. And they found it in India. So the Soviet Union and India would import the same amount of films, and Moscow even came to host an Indian film festival in 1954. And at the height of this Bollywood mania, the movie theaters were constantly showing Indian movies. Even the soundtracks became popular. So while America was fascinated with the British invasion, the Soviet Union was obsessed with Bollywood. And I would like to dive deeper into this phenomenon, but I don't want to keep you from the rest of the playlist. Enjoy!
So that's it for me this week, folks. And I simply can't say it enough. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with me. It might be nothing for you, but for me, it means the world. And if you haven't yet, find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and keep an eye out for extra content and future projects to come. So until next week, I am your anxious four-eyed host, the one, the only Napalm Nanny. Stay safe out there, guys. <laughs>